Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the many things you've already blessed us with this day. Now, once again, the blessed opportunity to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word healing, we'll turn to the Gospel of Mark in chapter 5. Picking it up in verse 21, we see a couple interesting healing events going on here. In Mark chapter 5, verse 21, reads, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. In other words, crowded in on him. There was a big crowd of people wanting to be healed, wanting to see Jesus. Verse 25, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Now you know good and well Jesus knew it, but he did this to test that woman and those around him. And we see a not-so-polite, actually a, a rude and disrespectful response by his disciples in verse 31. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? Bad attitude on their part. Doesn't show very much respect for him. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. See, he wanted her to step up and have the courage to speak out. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So she went and was whole of her plague. She came to him by faith, and it was accounted unto her, and she was healed because of that faith. And then in verse 35, it gets back to the account of the daughter of Jairus. While he yet spake there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou 
the master any further. In verse 36, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. More disrespect we see here on display of those around. Because they didn't believe. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. Got rid of all the non-believers, got rid of all the skeptics, got rid of all the naysayers. Like, get out of the way, you're just causing an a issue, a problem, and putting doubt in the mind of the mother and the father. Verse 41, And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Now this Talitha kumi is Aramaic, and interpreted as he says, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. He was already being crowded in by folks that wanted to be healing, healed from certain issues and so forth. And if the fame of him being able to raise someone from the dead got out as well, he would really be overwhelmed by the people wanting something from him. All right, now let's go on over to Mark in chapter 7. We see here another spiritual cleansing, you might say, a healing spiritually, a ridding of a demon, an evil spirit, an unclean spirit. In Mark chapter 7, picking it up in verse 24, where it reads, and from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek of Syrophoenicia by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. She was a Gentile. And here we see a lesson being given to the Jews around as well as the Gentiles concerning the blessings that come from the Lord and the order in which they were coming. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Now, here the dogs, the Gentiles were known as and considered dogs. 
And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. See, she humbled herself. And in her humility and in her faith, she was granted the request of the devil being cast out of her daughter. In verse 30, And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out of her daughter, and her daughter laid upon the bed. So healed of that affliction of an unclean spirit being in her. All right, now we see another healing of a deaf man as we continue in chapter 7, verse 31. And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue displaying various ways that the Lord has been healing people. This is an interesting one here, that he physically stuck his fingers in his ears and then spit on his own finger and and touched the tongue of the man. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, And he spake plain. He didn't ask that man if he had any faith. He didn't ask anyone around them if they had any faith. Even though they displayed that they had faith that he could heal by bringing him to the Lord. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them so much, the more a great deal they published it. And they were beyond measure astonished, saying... He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Still wanting to keep that part of his work under control. He's telling them, don't be talking about it. Don't be spreading it around. But they were still talking, still spreading. And he was still being thronged, as it says, of the multitudes coming. The gimme, gimme, gimme bunch that come to him just to get something from him. All right, rolling right on into chapter 8 here. Let's pick it up in verse 22, where we see him healing a deaf man in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught, and he looked up and said, "I see men as trees walking after that he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. 
Now, here we see another interesting one. A two-stage healing. He healed him somewhat and then further healed him completely. So, he's displayed throughout the Gospels how there's different ways people were healed based upon their own faith, based upon the faith of others, or without even any communication to that person. And also, here being displayed in physical contact, contact of the clothes earlier, and here in a two-stage process of being healed partially and then completely. So we can't ever say in our own lives and the healing process that he has used upon us that it is, has to be done in a single particular way. And that was to keep people from insisting that it had to be done in a single particular way based upon certain circumstances. So we can take comfort in knowing that the Lord is in charge. He does things the way he sees this should be done, and at his timeline, and through his design, not ours. So we've got to always know that, to submit yourselves completely to the Lord. Humble yourselves, come to him, ask what it is that you need, and have faith, yes, and trust in the Lord. And if you're lacking in faith, ask for more faith, as he has displayed that to us as well. Those that said, Lord, help my unbelief. And then he will. So the main thing is trust in the Lord. He'll see us through whatever we're facing. All right, now jump over to Mark chapter 9 in verse 17. As it reads in Mark chapter 9, picking up in verse 17, where it reads, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Dumb, this meaning not lacking of intelligence, but dumb being could not speak. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I have spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came upon him, unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters. To destroy him, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, here we see he's focusing specifically on the degree of belief, because in verse 19 he pointed out that they had little faith or no faith, or said, O faithless generation. And then here it says, If you only believe. So here he's clearly displaying that 
you do need to have belief. You do need to have faith. You need to trust in the Lord. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Like I spoke of earlier, that if we have a lack of faith, if we have a lack of belief, and we need something from the Lord, start with saying, Lord, increase my faith. And then proceed from there. Verse 24 again. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Another interesting point he brings out here, and enter no more into him. Because there are things that we can come to the Lord for and ask to be healed of and taken away from us, whatever the kind of affliction it is, and that there's a possibility that it could return again, is what it suggests here. In this situation, it was an evil spirit that had stricken him with these afflictions. And the Lord saying, enter no more into him. It's like you get out and you stay out. Verse 26, And the Spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. A lot more effort to get rid of that indwelling spirit and that determined indwelling spirit that could possibly have returned again. So we got to know that when we get healed, when we get ourselves away from something that is evil, to stay away from that, to keep that away by faith and by trust in the Lord, asking Him to keep that away, just like we see people that have an addiction to drugs of some sort or a behavior of some sort, that it comes upon them and they get to a point where they come out from that or it comes out from them and they're okay for a while. And then next thing you know, right back into it, that evil behavior, that evil spirit returns into that individual and they become addicted to that behavior or to a substance once again. We see this over and over in people that are dealing with substance abuses of all sorts, whether it be of drugs or of cigarettes or alcohol or, or behavior. They come out from that behavior or that condition for a while, and the next thing you know, they're right back into it. That evil, that evil spirit has come back into them, or that desire, that selfishness, or that lust has returned. But stay out of it. Keep the faith, trust in the Lord, and He can see you through that. He can get rid of it and keep it gone. 
it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. All right, now let's go on to verse 30, where he tells his disciples about the coming resurrection. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. Over and over he told them and taught them that he would rise again the third day. That Yes, he would be crucified, but that he would rise the third day. Then we see when he does rise from the dead that they don't believe it. They don't believe the accounts. They don't believe it until they actually see him and touch him. But they had not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, so we can't be too hard on them. All right, now roll on into Mark chapter 10. We see another blind man being healed in verse 46. We reads, And they came to Jericho, and as... He went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Note here how he calls him to come to him, come to me. As the Lord tells us, to come to him for the healing, for the cleansing. Reason he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Now Jesus knew good and well what he needed, and that he was a blind man. But he's pointing out here for us to know and see that he wants us to proclaim what we need, what we want, what we are seeking. Because in doing so, we express our faith that He can provide us with what we need. Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. He didn't spit on his fingers and, and touch him or spit on his eyes or make a little mud and put on his eyes like we've seen displayed. He didn't lay his hands on him. He merely spoke and it happened. He emphasized that we need to speak. Speak to him. We need to let him know what we desire, what we need, what we want. And in doing so, we are expressing our faith and trust that he can provide us uh, 
with what we need and what we want. All right, now go all the way over to chapter 16. Now, this, as far as the timeline goes, the Lord's already been crucified at this time, been arrested and beaten and tortured and horribly treated, and then crucified on that cross. And six hours on that cross, and he took on all the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, paid the horrible price for all sin. And then we see him, just as he told the disciples earlier that he would rise again the third day and we see this being fulfilled in Mark chapter 16 and when the Sabbath was passed Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him and very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you, reminding them that he told you, you heard it, He's going to do it. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. That wasn't a very good testimony on their part. Being told of this directly by the Lord, that this would happen. And then when it does happen, they don't believe it. Verse 12. After that he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. That was on the road of Emmaus that we see recorded elsewhere. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, 
and they shall recover. So we see here the Great Commission telling us to go out, to share the good news, the gospel of the availability of salvation, helping people to believe and to be baptized and to be healed. And through the process, he tells us there to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, now there's some time between the resurrection on Sunday and the ascension. Forty days actually go by. And we see here in verse 19, the forty days after the ascension. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God, raptured up. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Of course, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and went and continued spreading the Gospels just like the Lord gave them that great commission to go out and do that as He has given us all that great commission to go out and spread the good news of the availability of forgiveness, of availability of healing, availability of being able to be adopted into the family of God. So let's all do that. Have faith, have trust. Ask the Lord to increase your faith and your trust and your belief and share it with others. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many, many things that we can find out when we study your word to find out that you have available to us all that we need. We thank you oh so much for it. And please encourage all of us to go out and share what you bless us with. Thank you oh so much for your mercy and for your healing as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.